For more than a decade, Saturdays and Illegal Curve have been synonymous with one another. With insight, analysis, and interviews regarding the Winnipeg Jets, the Manitoba Moose, and all around the NHL, here are Dave Manouk, Ezra Ginsberg, and your host, Drew Mandel. The Illegal Curve Hockey Show starts now. You've seen, guys, I- I'm confused. And that, you know, is not a rarity, I suppose. Uh, frequently, people have accused me of being confused, especially when I give one of my alleged hot takes. They see you seem to be confused about the issue at hand. But this is we're, we're recording this on Thursday night, and it's going to be aired on Saturday morning on our YouTube channel. It's Saturday is Rosh Hashanah, the Jewish New Year. So we don't want to work on the Jewish New Year. We're good Jews in that in that sense of the word. So we're recording this Thursday night. But I really don't know if I am supposed to say good evening, Winnipeg, good evening, Manitoba, or if I'm supposed to say good morning, Winnipeg, good morning, Manitoba. I'm very confused in this case. And and your advice, please, gentlemen, should I be saying good evening or should I be saying good morning? What do you think I should be saying? I don't know. I think you should be saying good evening, considering that it's uh, what time is it right now? Almost 10 after nine. Yeah, uh, because that is the current time. And as you guys know, time is just a construct. So, I mean, I don't know if we're broadcasting. just like gender. Exactly. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Not going to touch that one. We're (laughs) broadcasting this, I guess, from the past as opposed to the future. We're going back to the future here. So Uh I think you could probably say, you know, good evening, Manitoba, good evening, universe. But you could say good morning as well, considering people listening to this or listening to this in the morning. But uh, regardless, I'm happy that we're doing a show in lieu of Rosh Hashanah, as you mentioned, Drew. So for the, all those who celebrate, Happy New Year. Yes, happy New Year and, to you uh, too, fine we have, a, we have a captain to talk about, boys, and we have a, a little signing to talk about. And uh, we got a lot of uh, training camp coming up, so we have no shortage of things to talk about. It's but, true. But uh, whatever, Drew, just do whatever you want to do, man. You're the host. All righty. Thank you for oh, Carl. I, I want to is... jump in. I'm going to go with the opposite take. I actually think you need to go with good morning because this is oh. actually going live in the morning so people will be hearing it in the morning so if you're saying at nine o'clock in the morning on saturday which people think now is now the point <laughs> is they're going to hear you and they're gonna be like why is drew saying good evening it's gonna be very confusing to those people listening and so i would suggest maybe cover all bases yeah a little here's what i'm gonna noches, do a little buenos tardes yeah, buenos dias. good morning winnipeg good evening manitoba and welcome to the Illegal Curve Hockey Show, taped nice, Drew. on your YouTube channel as opposed to live on your YouTube channel on this Thursday evening slash Saturday morning slash whatever day and time zone you may be in with Dave Manuk in the top right, with Ezra Ginsberg in the bottom middle. I'm your host, Drew Mandel, here for the next little while, maybe about an hour, hour 15, somewhere around there, to talk about the Winnipeg Jets. It has already been a newsy week for the Winnipeg Jets. We discussed this on last Saturday's show, the idea of the Jets captaincy. And we were joined by Mike McIntyre. We talked about it with Mike back then. But I have to say it came uh, more abrupt than I was expecting. I mean, we sort of knew that there was going to be a captaincy announcement made, but it happened very early on this week. If I recall correctly, it was Monday or Tuesday. The days sort of blend together, but the announcement came down early this week that it's Adam Lowry is the new Winnipeg Jets captain. A lot of people thought it was going to be Josh Morrissey. I was personally in the Adam Lowry camp, but Adam Lowry, nonetheless, the new Winnipeg Jets captain, I guess your your initial impressions 
Mr. Ginsburg regarding the announcement of Adam Lowry as the new Jets captain? As you mentioned, Drew, we knew that it was going to be Lowry or Morrissey. There wasn't going to be any surprise here. And you know, Lowry is is a fine choice. Like this is a guy I, I kind of I think called him the the loyal soldier, right? Like this is a guy that we know what he does, right? Wins faceoffs, kills penalties, drops the gloves, you know, chips in offensively. And and just before we get more into this, like the idea that you can't have a captain uh, you know, who doesn't score 30 goals, right? Like, mm-hmm. like I, I think is ridiculous, right? Like, is Boone Jenner, like, a, a necessarily, like, a superstar guy? Like, he's the captain of the Blue Jackets, for those who don't know, right? So, right. I mean, I just don't think that, you know, and, and his dad was a captain as well of the Flames. I just thought the Flames or the, or the Panthers, I forget, but he was a captain. And Dave Lowry, for anybody who watched him in that era, which obviously that's our generation, Dave Lowry was a fourth-line grinder, Right. So, I mean, at, that that's ridiculous. That doesn't disqualify someone. You don't have to be a superstar. You don't have to be Connor McDavid or, no. you know, Wayne Gretzky to be the captain of a team. So, look, it's a great choice. I mean, Lowry is a guy that's played his entire career in Winnipeg. Dave put this out on Twitter. It's hard to believe, you know, that he's played a decade with the Jets, right? It just makes us feel even older, right? <laughs> we don't need any help feeling older. Let me yeah, tell you exactly. about that. I mean, there's, there's a lot of gray hairs between the three of us uh, to remind us of that, right, Drew? But yeah, I mean, yeah. look, Lowry's Great a good choice. Weird hair for me in the, he, as opposed to the hair on top. Absolutely. He's the captain of this team. He's a great choice. Um, and, you know, I don't think, you know, Josh Morrissey, you know, feels left out or anything like that. I don't think that there's any guilt that Adam Lowry feels, Dave, you know, because because Morrissey doesn't get to see. I mean, what, what I think the focus is, and we talked about this on last weekend show, which was actually recorded live as opposed to this, which was recorded in the past. I mean, this is about a changing of the guard here. Blake Wheeler's gone. He's no longer a member of the Jets. Hmm. And Lowry and Morrissey already had A's on their jersey last year, Dave. So, I mean, this is a natural progression for Lowry. This is a guy that I think, you know, you would agree, um, you know, on, on many occasions has come up with a big hit or a big goal or a fight when he needs to standing up for his teammates, right? And even though fighting isn't a big part of hockey, every once in a while, you know, you still see guys drop the mitts, right? So, well, think about. I, I think he's I a mean, great, at, great choice. Look into the look at the True North organization. Who's a key member of the True North organization? Mike Keen, right? Mike Keen is, a, you know, plays a significant role in captain. this organization. Former captain of the Montreal Canadiens. He was never a thirty goal scorer. He was never, you know, a a, a driving offensive force for that for that uh, Habs team. And of course, he was quickly traded to the Colorado Avalanche in the in the Patrick Waugh deal. But you know, look internal to True North and see that you know they, they have within their ranks. Uh, a former captain of an NHL team that was not an offensive driving force. And I, you know, I said it on last week's show, Dave, that, you know, Lowry is not going to be counted on for offense. It's just not his game four anymore. Goals fi- four goals in five uh, playoff games, though. Not too bad. Well, but you that sort of says maybe that, you know, when the game gets more tough, when the game gets more difficult, he's uh, is able to find a way to elevate his game, which is something, of course, that the Jets uh, this past season wilted when the mm-hmm. game got more tough. Mm-hmm. So, you know, look, I, I w- if Josh Morrissey had been the choice, I think it would have been a fine choice as well. But I totally sort of, with the Jets trying to refocus on defensive responsibility and refocus how they play, yeah. it, Adam Lowry as captain makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah, I, I'm I'm on board with it. And I think we've been on board with either 17 or 44 for for 
essentially since the time they removed the seat from Blake Wheeler. And, and yeah, look, I was down at the Canada Life in the new fancy premium uh, section for Scotiabank. Uh, I think Scotiabank Wealth, High Wealth or something like that. Uh, it's very, really nice. It's it's where the old exchange restaurant used to be. They put Dave, uh, Drew and I only hang around in the Scot- Scotiabank low wealth. Area. Yeah, exactly. We're not I, in the yeah, high yeah. wealth yeah. area. Oh, I, okay. I, I only hang out in the high rate variable rate mortgage uh, lounge. Where does that exist? I think that's in the garbage bin uh, yeah. next to the yeah. Windsor Hotel now. Exactly. So anyways, it's a uh, no, but it was look, it was an interesting ceremony. His teammates showed up to support him. Um, you, you know, he spoke for quite some time about what it meant to him and what, you know, he, this city means to him, what being part of this community means to him. So I, I don't think that there was one person who would have said this was the wrong decision. And, and, you know, you just have to look at our social media and you can see that, that fans 100% are behind. I haven't seen one person say a negative thing about Adam Lowry being put the you know having the c put on his jersey although he actually didn't even see that c put on his jersey till that morning and it was mm-hmm. actually funny because i think weber asked him what was it like seeing it and you could that's, see that's, that's winnipeg he, that's the winnipeg free presses can we you, you, you should mention fair point that yeah. that news actually was all i don't know what was bigger news on tuesday was adam <laughs> lowry announces the captain the biggest news or rennie sorry yeah. yeah rennie breaking the news that kenny was jumping from the sportsnet to uh, the Winnipeg Free Press, and I should have had an inkling because Mike McIntyre of the Winnipeg Free Press and I were the last two media guys in the in the room still, and we were working away. And then Shawnee Reynolds was doing a uh, oh, and John Liu, but Sean was doing his stand up with Adam Lowry, and so they were just a few feet away from us. And it was odd because Ken was there, and usually Ken would sit in and do the the uh, stand up. So I was like, oh, that's kind of weird that it's just Sean. But I didn't really think much of it. Your spidey sense wasn't quite tingling. Uh, it wasn't tingling strong enough. enough. You know, I was trying to. I was focused on AllelecCurve.com boys and yeah. and every all, all of our social media. Couldn't really focus on. Sorry, Free Press, Sign, Sportsnet. You guys are secondary. When I, <laughs> to my, in my mind, at least. So I was focused on our on our stuff. But yeah, no, it was it was interesting. So yeah, I don't know what was bigger news, but clearly let's focus on the Adam Lowry news. Yeah, and it was again, like I said, you could see. When at Weber asked him about this wearing the C, you could see he kind of peeked down, looked down. He's like, "Oh, you know, it's it's kind of neat to see it." And you know, like I said, he's humble. He's a he's a well respected person both by his teammates and in the media, and I think that and in the community. So I think that there's uh, no question that this was the right selection for the Winnipeg Jets. I don't think they would have gone wrong with Josh Morrissey either, but I definitely think they they hit a home run with Adam Lowry. You know, this is an interesting comment coming out from Kyle Connor, and this is coming out on Thursday night when we're recording this show. Uh, it's in a, it's in Paul Friesen's article uh, that's now available on WinnipegSun.com, and of course will be available on IllegalCurve.com. He and will have been Kyle... available, Drew, for two days by the time people are watching us. Right, that's fair enough. So they know that where they need to find it, it's on it's on Illegal Curve. You may have to go back a couple days, but you'll find it on Illegal Curve. Uh, you know that you know Paul was talking to Kyle Connor about the decision to name Adam Lowry captain and 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 Kyle Connor says that you know he was shocked when the when bonus called him this summer and said that they were naming a captain he says that they were shocked that they were going to name a captain so he was surprised not that it was Adam Lowry or it didn't have any quibble with it being Adam Lowry in fact he says uh, Adam Lowry brings it to the table he's genuinely a nice individual gets along with everybody so I can see the choice and obviously the fan base loves him the way he plays really embodies this organization, the city. So no problems with that. He thinks it was a great choice, but he was surprised that they made the decision to begin with. 
which I found to be uh, an interesting comment. And Connor goes on to continue to say, again, similar to what we heard last year, that even though there wasn't any, a player wearing a letter on the jersey, Blake Wheeler was still the captain in the room last year. So he was a little surprised uh, that it was that they decided to name a captain in, in, in this instance. Um, so that's just sort of an interesting comment, I thought, from, from Kyle Connor, uh, expressing, uh, expressing a bit of a surprise that this happened in the first place. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I'm not sure why he thought that like why he was surprised that they were going to name a captain maybe he didn't think that there was an obvious choice i mean well here's what he says along those lines as this is what i should have said uh kyle connor says blake wheeler was still our leader so that's the only i guess reason for maybe not appointing a captain would be to see how the locker room changes without having blake wheeler in it so that was sort of kyle connor's reasoning is that he wants to he thought maybe the team would take another season or take another half season see what happens with wheeler physically removed from the room and then see sort of how the leadership sure. uh landscape would shake out at that point in time he doesn't have a problem with the decision he's just surprised i guess by the timing of the decision more than anything yeah fair enough and i think you know you wonder if you know the fact that you have so many players in the last year of their contracts, right? Not just Mark Shifley, not just Connor Hellebuck. You have other players, right? Dylan DeMello is in the last year of his contract. Nino Niederreiter, others. I'm forgetting somebody. Is Nate Schmidt in the last year of his contract or Brendan Dillon? Brendan One Dillon, of those, I Brendan Dillon's in his last year. I, I might be forgetting someone else, but the Jets have, you know, five or six regulars that are in the last year of their contracts. You wonder if because of that, there was more of, I guess, urgency, Dave, and mm-hmm. Drew to put uh, a C on, on a player. And, you know, like, I think there's always the conversation that comes up with the captaincy and, you know, does it matter or everything like that? I always find it funny. It's like, well, if it d- didn't matter, why do teams still do it? Mm-hmm. Right? Like, th- th- that's just what the way it is. You know, there's two nets in hockey and each team has a captain. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's just like, that's just the way it is. And And teams have gone, I don't know, you know, if teams have gone more than two years, guys. But I think, you know, teams have gone a couple years. I'm I'm struggling to you know, remember a team that, you know, hasn't had a captain for a couple of years, but there is precedent for that. Really, but I really think young you, teams sometimes sure. don't go with, don't and, and go if there's with not a captain. an obvious one, like, yeah. right. And, and Lowry and Morrissey guys were clearly to everybody, all Jets fans knew it was going to be Lowry or Morrissey. Like I thought it was amazing that, you know, Gabe Velarde thought Shifley was the captain, right? Cause he obviously <laughs> has an A on his Jersey, but like, I just, well, I mean, all due respect to Shifley. I mean, he's the top point producer, top goal scorer, I mean, obviously, along with Kyle Connor, you guys know what I mean. But I mean, I, I think everyone, you know, expected it to be like Dave said, seventeen or forty-four. So well, it's a good choice. And and I think what's going to be the most interesting, and and this is, I think, part of the reason why we talked about it. In addition to killing penalties, blocking shots, you know, the physicality that Lowry brings, he's been so consistent in that third C spot. That you don't even have to think about it. I mean, we're we're debating whether it's going to be Gabe Velarde or Cole Perfetti in the two C spot, but for the last how many years? I want to say six years, Dave, maybe mm-hmm. even longer, seven years. Adam Lowry has been the third line center, and you know it's going to be maybe Nino Niederreiter on on his wing on the third line. Maybe it's going to be Alex Ayafalo. Maybe it's going to be Vlad Nemesnikov. I mean, it could be Morgan Barron. Most yeah. likely, it's not Mason Appleton because he is in we think going to be bumped down to the fourth line with. 
you know, all the guys they have. So then he'll probably pay with, you know, Rasmus Kupari and David Guffs. You're getting it. You're getting ahead of yourself. I am getting, but the point I'm trying to make is, I think, you know, when, when it comes to Lowry, there are all those intangibles and he's great in the community. You know, he, I believe, you know, spends a significant amount of time in Winnipeg uh, in the summer. I know that he has a home in Alberta as well, Calgary. Um, But it's, it's stability. Like he provides stability in every sense of the word on the ice and off the ice. So that's why he's captain. And, uh, you know, I, I think even though I, I thought, you know, Morrissey should be the captain, that didn't mean that I think I thought that, you know, Lowry is a bad choice. A, is a yeah. bad choice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just personally, I mean, that everyone, all fans, people in the media, everybody can express their personal preference. But uh, I knew that, you know, if, if it wasn't going to be Morrissey, it was going to be Lowry. So this is good. Uh, and, here's you know, what he, he's, a, he's a guy that I think, has done everything right and he deserves it. And and you could see like Dave was there. He had a smile on his face the whole time. It was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I would I would hope he would rather than, if he was grimacing the whole time that would be that would be probably a bit of a problem. Here's what Josh Morrissey had to say this again coming from uh, Paul Paul Friesen's article. Uh, me sitting here being disappointed or anything other than just being excited about the future isn't going to help me or the team, Morrissey said. Quite frankly, I've just been excited for Laos, Adam Lowry and excited for our team. Last year we really set out to try and change some things around we made some big strides and now we have an opportunity to build off of that so josh morrissey uh exactly the kind of comment you'd expect i would Mm -hmm. imagine that there's an element of disappointment that he's experiencing but at the same time i do think there's probably an element of relief in that you don't have to wear as i talked about last week on the show saying you know if you're an offensive defenseman and you're the captain and you're struggling you know uh offensively or you're or you're struggling defensively, you know, that's there's a lot of weight on your shoulders that I think it's a little bit easier for a guy who's not necessarily a driving offensive force. Yeah, I no, I agree with you, Drew. And I thought that your point last week was was well made. And I think that that could be a factor as to why Adam Lowry and, and Rick Bonus talked about it on Tuesday. He said mm-hmm. Adam Lowry's not one of our top points guys. He knows who he is. He's not gonna be the guy who may, plays the most minutes. So he again has a very defined role on this on this Jets club. And I think that two things uh, that I want to mention uh, about the press conference. Number one was he still said this is going to be a collective group effort. I'm not sure. going to be in there and like, oh, this is the way it's going to be, boys. And, that, you know, you're going to follow my lead. <laughs> it's going to be, look, he's, he's there to drag these guys into the fight on the ice. But I, you, do got, you do get the sense, or I got the sense, I should say, that he really intends this to still be a collaborative effort. And one of the other things I, I meant to ask him, and I didn't get a chance to ask him, but we, I should have, was I, I, I am curious to know that, what having been sent to the moose early in his career, I think it was like his third year having to deal with some adversity. Cause a lot of guys like Blake Wheeler never dealt with that adversity. A lot of guys right. as, to Ezzy's point are top guys. They're, you know, the Gretzky's the Connor McDavid's. They never really deal with adversity. Adam Lowry's had to deal with some adversity. And I think that will allow him to better deal with some of the relate to are, some of the younger guys. Maybe? Absolutely. And he talked about, he, I mean, John Lou asked him about, you know, being a mentor to younger players. But I think what that does is it makes him understand the concerns that guys who are on that, you know, bubble either way, whether they're in the fourth line could be in the HL or AHL sometimes in the, uh, on the fourth line or in the press box. I think that allows him to empathize again. He wasn't in the AHL very long, but the fact is he's experienced that he knew what that sort of, I don't want to say the word trauma because that's probably the wrong word, no. but like, you know, the, the, the fear adversity, that that, yeah, the adversity and the fear that that creates in a player, and I think that'll be a that'll serve him in a good stead 
when he's trying to empathize with guys who have to go through that throughout the course of the years. I have and to he say, only played. Sorry, go ahead, Drew. No, go ahead, as I was going to. I was just going to say go he. I just checked hockey DB. He only played four games with Moose because obviously yep. he played that full season in St. John's, right? And I yep. took note of that, Dave. I wasn't obviously there like you were uh, at Canada Life, but I took note when I, I, I don't remember who it was. If it was Kelly Moore, um, or or who, which which journalist? It could have been Mike McIntyre. Asked him about like what did he learn from Andrew Ladd captains. and Blake Wheeler, yeah. various captains, and he actually. Um, you know, unsolicited mentioned Jason Jaffrey, yeah, who was who was the captain of the St. John's Ice Caps, yes. right? So he obviously, you know, and he didn't have to do that. And I, I thought it was noteworthy mm-hmm. because Jason Jaffrey didn't have a, a long NHL career. He had a great uh, AHL career, mm-hmm. uh, and did he go to Europe? I'm not sure if he went to Europe afterwards, but he had a great like minor pro for a year, yeah, minor pro career. So I just thought, like to me, that stood out. Um, and, and he's well-spoken. Like, we know Lowry's a smart guy. He's a well-spoken guy. But just mentioning Jaffrey, Dave, um, you know, kind of compliments your point there about, you know, wh- what that meant to, you know, get sent down to the Moose, you know, whatever year that was, 2016 or 2015, mm-hmm. um, obviously, because his play was suffering a little bit. Um, yeah. But, you know, it clearly, you know, he knows that you have to spend some, most guys have to spend some time. If you're Patrick Laine, you might not have to spend time in the AHL. If you're Connor Bedard, you might not have, have to spend time in the AHL. But I would say, what, 80% of the players in the NHL, something like that, uh, have played in the American Hockey League. So this is a guy that's had to work. And that's the thing. It's a cliche, but Adam Lowry gives you an honest, hardworking effort every single time he's on the ice. He does not dog it like other players. We're not going to name names. I think you can, you know, figure out which players sometimes dog it on the Jets. Uh, so <laughs> I think Lowry's a, a, a great choice, and I think he absolutely is a guy that can relate to, you know, some of those younger players, Dave, that are, you know, trying to establish themselves. Whether it's like a Cole Perfetti or whoever it is. Um, so I mean, we all knew that it was coming. And now it's official, so the Jets like, can move ahead with their new leadership. You know, it, it's funny that the the ghost of Blake Wheeler, I still think, lingers. Uh, you know, By the way, and, 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 sorry, and, coincidentally, he's ranked 17 in New York. Uh, Blake Wheeler is. That's funny. Yeah. That's uh, yeah, Adam Lowry's number, of course. But the, the ghost of, of Blake Wheeler still lingers, and it probably will for a little while. I thought it was great. I thought it was just hilarious yesterday, and I'm sure you guys will ask me. But I was at the 50 Cent concert, or I guess Thursday, or Wednesday I was at the 50 Cent concert, so I'm trying to remember when this, this show was actually airing. So it wasn't yesterday. It would be Wednesday I was at the, the, Busta, the Busta Rhymes and 50 Cent concert, and one of 50 Cent's, uh, you know, the rappers he's got on stage with him comes out wearing a jet jersey like they often do you know pandering mm-hmm. to the hometown crowd and everyone cheered and then i thought it was great he turns around and he's wearing a wheeler 26 <laughs> jets jersey i'm like how did this happen is well, i'll tell you how it happened he bought it for 50 percent off at the at jets gear store <laughs> i just thought that was i thought there was some there was something poetic about it i'm not entirely certain what was poetic about it but i just thought that was uh that, that was humorous to me uh almost as humorous as me being at the concert in the first place i would suggest we're just happy um, that you got out of that concert alive drew i i had so much fun I had I I can't even begin to tell you how much fun I had. Uh, I again, it's hip hop is not my thing, as I'm sure most of you already know. Um, but uh, my wife really likes it, and so she was on cloud nine and having having a great time. And I decided, you know what, I'm just going to lean in hard on this. I'm gonna I'm gonna have a great time alongside her, and I absolutely did. And as long as nobody asks me any follow up questions, uh, then we'll be fine. Uh, hey, send it uh, to break then. 
yeah, in that case, we will send it to break. Thank you, Dave. Uh, Scott Billick, I believe, is going to be joining us shortly. So we'll have Scotty. We'll talk more about the captaincy. Declan Chisholm signed uh, with the Jets as well. Much more to come. It's a pre-recorded edition of the Illegal Curve Hockey Show. We're doing this on Thursday night. You're watching it on Saturday morning. Smash the like button. Our good friend Scott Billick is up next. Keeping Winnipeg laughing for over 30 years. Rumors, Canada's longest-running comedy club. Bringing you the biggest laughs from the best comedians on the planet. Jerry Seinfeld, Chris Rock, Jon Stewart, Dennis Miller, Brad Garrett, the greats, and all the up-and-comers, too. When was the last time you laughed out loud? Make it a great night out with friends or book your office or birthday party. Even a fundraising event at Rumors. Get all the details and dates on upcoming shows at RumorsComedyClub.com. Hi, Ez. A strange question for you. But why are you lying on the ground being crushed by a piano? Well, Drew, I definitely tried to carry this baby grand piano down the stairs by myself, and somehow I failed miserably. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. That was a silly question on my part. My apologies. Would you like me to call Rolly's Transfer Moving and Storage to help you move the piano? They are the most experienced piano moving company in Winnipeg, after all. Yes, please call Rollies and hurry. This piano is very, very heavy. Rollies Transfer Moving and Storage offers stress-free residential moving services while taking great care of your personal belongings, including your piano. At Rollies, no job is too big or too small. For more information, visit Rollies.com. Hey, Drew. Ezzy, whoa, what a smile. Yeah, I got my crowns done at Linden Market Dental Center, and they whiten my teeth. I see. They're so bright that every time I smile, they go... We have hockey tonight. Do you have a mouth guard to protect those pearly whites? I sure do. Whoa, they even ting through the mouth guard. Linden Market Dental Center covers all your dental needs, from restorative to cosmetic dentistry, and will fit you with a sports guard for that active lifestyle. 877 Waverly. See LindenMarketDental.com. Kids eat free all September long at Boston Pizza. That's right. For the month of September, kids eat free with minimum purchase. All this for, what's that word again? Yeah, free. Boston Pizza, hurry in. We're back on the Illegal Curve Hockey Show. You're watching this on Saturday morning. It's being recorded on Thursday evening. Scott Billick is here in the present, which also might be the past, but he's also going to be a large part of the future. So I think I've covered all bases. Scotty, it's good to see you. How are things? Are you able to handle a pre-recorded edition of this fine show? Yeah, I can say whatever I want, right? And then you guys will just kind of do the edit nice it. little edits and all that yeah. sort of thing. Awesome. Yeah, we'll make you we'll make you sound as articulate and and well spoken as ever. That's all I want. That might That's break our difficult. AI, Drew. <laughs> break your AI. You just have to delete this segment. That's all you're gonna. Yeah. Have to do. <laughs> it's just a it's, it's just a missing screen. Is is just all just a black screen for for 25 minutes or something like that. Uh, I was trying Scotty, to quickly uh, actually look up what Rosh Hashanah is. Did you guys yeah. talk about it early? Well, it's the Jewish New Year. We know what it is, but oh, if you'd like okay. to well, explain I, to our audience what it is, I have no idea what it is. I was hoping. I was I was trying to do it before, and I was like, okay, as he always says in his emails. Be as close to nine thirty as possible. So I tried to like line up. I was going to take a leak first before I came on. It's the new year, Scotty. All you all you have to know is hmm. apples and honey for a sweet new year. That's all you need to know, right? You know, I think the Jewish uh, folks have the best. Like every when you, you grew up as a kid, and I wasn't Jewish, but I had a couple of Jewish friends growing up, 
And like they would always talk about Hanukkah. And I was like, this is the coolest thing ever. It's like eight <laughs> nights of presents, right? Or whatever. And like maybe it's not as um i'm sure for some it's it, like every everybody's christmas is different right sometimes you get some presents sometimes you get a lot of presents like not everybody got the xbox growing up or the nintendo 64 or i don't know what the 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 stones that drew i was gonna say in drew's case it was uh yeah, yeah, yeah. it's just like i don't know like some chisel set or something like that and like a caveman thing or whatever right you make it, sure it you don't cut that out of the show most- when Moses came down with the Ten Commandments, that was a big day for me. Scotty, I thought you were going to go with Pog. I thought you were going to say Pog for Drew. That was the uh, that was where I, I thought you were Pogs going. As a kid, though, and Drew's way older than me. I mean, I no, I think hair. Dave's thinking of Pong on ColecoVision. Oh, or something. Pong. Yes. Okay, I think Pong, you said that's Pong. what I, was like, yeah, Pong? No, I did. But Pog I Pong was the cards, right? You'd flip them. Well, they were like little circular, like yeah, things. circular and things. Then you and had like you the metal one, and then you would like hit the Pogs with it, and then like. However it's many Elf. Like He's back over. in Pog yeah. form. I mean, does yeah. nobody does nobody know there's Simpsons references on this show? <laughs> no. No. Anyways, it, it, yeah. anyways, Rosh Hashanah. Yeah. So, yeah. The, long story short, Scotty, Rosh Hashanah is the Jewish New Year. Good. This is great and for so that, the viewers. By the way, it's now the next Rosh Hashanah. By the time we finish this little, uh, <laughs> and Scott, you can come to Shul with us, synagogue, if you want. Like, I, I and I mean, this is we're recording this in the past, but on Saturday, if you want to come, like, we can we can hook you up, man. You can hook me up. All right. I'll see what I can do. Yeah. But, but you're yeah. better off in Rosh Hashanah than Yom Kippur. Yom Kippur, you have to fast all day. You can't okay. eat from sundown to sundown. So that gets a little bit. Uh, people That's can get just a little one day. It's, on, there. it's not like Ramadan, right? Ramadan's no, like a month one of all that. No. It's just one day. Okay, one day. Yeah. We, 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 we cut took, it down. You guys took the easy way out. We could only do one day. Yeah. Oh, you guys, huh, Scott? <laughs> oh, Every time. Every time. Oh, man. I also like it's not a present, but I don't know if you guys have seen this, and hopefully this makes the episode, too. I'm going to try this at some point during the episode. It's supposed to make your melt black, so I don't know what time you want me to, to do it. It's it's Fanta Zero Sugar, but it's like a like a Halloween yeah. kind of version Weird. or whatever. Anyways, so I'll try that. I love orange, orange Fanta is my jam. Well, yeah, me too. Like, I have a glass here. I don't even know what kind of, like, color this is. It is black. Did you oh, see that? Oh, gross. That seems like something I, you shouldn't I, be putting into your body. <laughs> like like anything in a can, I assume, other than beer. But, um, <clears throat> yeah, like, they don't tell you what the taste is or anything like that. So, Well, we're doing a live tasting, apparently. <laughs> if he starts to seize, we do not edit that. We keep the seizure in there as medical Are you evidence. Are kidding? That'll make our hits I'm go up by a million. That. I don't think no. my tongue's turning black. So, oh no, no man, use your time. Whole can. Hey, I got an I'll idea. Use your time to talk about the Jets. <laughs> Dave's ah. getting frustrated. Uh, anyway, Scotty, let's. Uh, as you drink yeah. your your black Fanta, there, it seems like a perfectly normal drink to uh, to have. Halloween. Halloween. Um, yeah. yeah, Halloween's coming up. There's no question yeah. about it. Uh, obviously, the big news of the week: uh, Adam Lowry getting the captaincy. Yeah. But and I will will ask you about that. But I wanted to ask you about your tweet because I thought your tweet was very profound. That. This was really, really? Mark Scheifele. I know tweet. once in a while, once in a while, you have something profound well, to say. Scotty's a profound yeah. guy. Yeah, that, that 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 this captaincy was really Mark Scheifele's to lose. Uh, you know, it, 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 over his time yeah. here in Winnipeg, that he was being, you know, this the natural transition was supposed to go where he would be the captain of the Winnipeg Jets, and he's managed to, you know, to blow that opportunity. You know, and uh, yeah. do you get the impression that he, that? You know he understands that, and that the that 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 might be something that can be used as a as a fuel for him. Or do you think that again, it's just he's still so one dimensional, and he doesn't understand that he needs to change his approach. You know, 
as profound as that tweet might be, and I'm not going to say it's unfair because I do believe that over a course of time, mm-hmm. Mark Shifley was being groomed to be the captain of this team. Like, and I think we we can all agree that six, seven years ago, even five years ago, let's go back to the 2017, 18 playoffs, right? Right. Like we look at a, a guy that's halfway into his like well halfway into the ten years that he's been here uh, playing in the league, right? And you're like, okay, this guy is, you know, he was the face of the franchise when he came back or when the Jets came here. He was the first overall pick, um, bit of an off-the-board kind of player. But they, they, he really embodied over the course of those next three or four years after that of draft and develop and, and all that stuff. Like, he really set in motion uh, the belief system that this team could take um, players out of the draft draft develop them into you know legit nhl players and and have them become the stars of your team right and so mark shifley like and and, you know you you really have to kind of forget the last few years with mark and you go back and you look at everything that he had accomplished everything that this team had been like mark shifley was that guy and the only thing that was standing in the way of the captaincy was the early years where andrew ladd was his captain and then Mm -hmm. at I'm, they made Blake Wheeler the captain. It just made a lot more sense, right? Older guy, been in the league, um, all, all those things, right? Had really like learned from Andrew Ladd, that sort of thing, mm-hmm. whatever, right? Like we, again, we we can't use hindsight here. Um, we're just talking about what came up. And so to me, my whole thing was like it, it was always Mark Shifley's to lose, but it was never. There was never the notion that he would lose it, right? Like, to me, it was always like Mark Shifley is the next captain of this team. And then, you know, over the course of time, okay, well, you could talk about, I mean, we, ne- we I don't think any of us ever really spoke of Adam Lowry in this kind of conversation. Now, now we would have because, in my opinion, Adam Lowry is very much one of the smartest guys on the team, one of the most kind of insightful one of the most level-headed in, in kind of any circumstance, whether it's winning, losing, losing a player, not playing maybe where he wants to play in the lineup, having to be kind of that gatekeeper on that third line for most of his career, right? Like we're, you know, the only the guy that doesn't really end, ever get promoted on that line is him. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> He's so good at kind of being a glue on a line and really kind of exploiting the strengths of, 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 of his line mates. Um, so you never really talked about Adam Lowry. He was just that good soldier type of guy, right? And 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 he was a leader, but he didn't need a C. He didn't need an A. He didn't need any of that stuff. And and but the way that it's gone for the last couple of years with Mark, a lot of people on Twitter say, "Oh, he hasn't been the same since the Jake Evan hit or whatever." Maybe, right? I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, Mark has never really said that. It's they're, definitely they're a somewhere. line of demarcation in his career, though. Sure, possibly, yeah. It's a good, you know, it, it is a place where you could probably, it could be that kind of schism, right? You know, like of where maybe things started to, uh, you know, the crest or whatever, the climax of his career, and then it's kind of starting to come down a little bit. In terms of how we be careful when you start talking about climaxes when Drew's around, Scotty. Jeez. <laughs> this is all. I'm trying, I thought I got all of the... <laughs> Anyways, whatever. Regardless, I'm gonna take a sip of my 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 dark drink. Here. I might just leave. And how do you know? We're li- how do you know- see? This is why we normally record, Scott. Just so you know, in the morning, this is now icy after dark, and so we've uh, it's t- taken <laughs> a turn. Right. I guess we can get. Yeah. Anyways, um, so back on on point. I, I just I think that 
some of the things that Mark said, it, it, it started <clears throat> to me, and we've talked about the defense, but I think part of the problem with Mark is like it never mattered that he didn't play defense until this team didn't have a defense, right? Um, so you look at that and whatever, but you could always kind of excuse it because you excuse players not being defensive um, because of how offensive they, they are and how good they can be. I mean, the, but the, my always thing is... Like, but he doesn't have the... Sa- you're saying once he lost the safety net, it's when it became more I, glaring. I, 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 I agree. I, I think so. And I think over time, and we've seen it, and I think we can agree that it, it became... There was, there was there's a part where Mark kind of got a little selfish, you know? And, and I think we've seen that. I think we've seen that, especially over the last couple of years. And honestly, I, I have zero issue with Mark Shifley after not last season, but the season before questioning um, where he wants to be and all that stuff. I, I don't have a problem with that. I think a player should always play where he wants to play and wants to be comfortable. And if it's not working in that place, then whatever, right? Like, I mean, it, it's not a, I, I don't have an issue with an athlete who is owned essentially by a team um, <clears throat> having some sort of freedom at some point. But I think the problem was that Mark's play didn't match his ambition, right? As as a mm-hmm. as kind of a player, right? And so, you know, Mark always talked early on about he wanted to be in the same conversation as these top centers, right? Whether it's McDavid or a Matthews or I don't know whoever Bergeron, it doesn't matter. But who, name name a top center in this league in that upper echelon of centers, and 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 Mark wanted to be in that conversation. And I think there's been very there's been many times in his career where you could look at and be like, yes, like the 2018 playoffs, 100% uh, is is the one. But when this team kind of fell off a cliff after that 2018-19 season and the defense fell away and all that stuff, like you're looking for somebody to really step up and 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 be that guy. And I always feel that Mark didn't really do that. And then at the same time, because we in the media get a different kind of look into what goes on, right? I mean, you look at Caroline last year, and, and this is probably the, the easiest one to look at because it's the recency bias, right? Mark should have come out and spoken there. He wore the A, right? You want to be mm-hmm. the captain on this team. You want to take charge. You want to do that. You don't hang out the guy that had been here for five minutes out to dry, and that's what he did, right? And <clears throat> that's a huge problem. In my opinion, and it was Nino Niederreiter, right? It was, yeah, it was Nino yeah. Ryder that yeah, came up because that whole line got benched yeah. for the half the game or the third period at least. And and it was Niederreiter that had to come out and, and say what everybody else was thinking, right? And like, like I get it, you don't want to do that, but that's your job as a captain or even as an assistant captain when the captain doesn't come out. And Blake Wheeler didn't need to come out and speak after that game, it wasn't his line that got benched mm-hmm. in that game. Um, and and, and so like I, I think over time. If you want to be a captain, you pass a series of tests, right? And 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 the tests are always going to be different coaches or whatever it's going to be, right? Um, there's always going to be tests, and 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 unfortunately for Mark, he's failed some of those tests. Most and most of those have been recent. I think if you would have given Mark Shifley the captaincy ahead of the 2017-18 season, sure, it would have been fine. No, nobody would have said anything. But I think now, <clears throat> a few years on, the Jake Evans hit, whatever. I mean, depending how you want to look at that. There's just been moments throughout the last several seasons now where you're like, yeah, maybe this guy isn't. And you've had the, but at the same time, you've had the emergence of somebody like Josh Morrissey, who, who has been through a lot on and off the ice. <clears throat> and I think you could have looked, 
the side note, but one of the things about the 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 Lowry captaincy that I sat there and, and thought about on Tuesday, I'm like, like you almost felt bad for Josh, you know, and and he doesn't need my pity, he doesn't need anybody's pity or whatever. But you're like, here's a guy who could equally be the captain of this team, and you just like there was no really wrong answer between the two, and so you just had to make a decision, <clears throat> and it's a difficult decision to make for anybody, right? And I sat there that day, I'm like. Like, and the one of the things that I, I, and I even wrote it back in the summer, is I, I think both of these guys, if they didn't get chosen as a captain, they could handle it well, right? Like, it's going to mm-hmm. suck. It's going to hurt. I think, you know, as, as any player, whether you have an ego or you don't have an ego or whatever, to be a captain of a Canadian hockey franchise is, is something that, I mean, around here, I think after all this time, you know, the Blake Wheeler stuff and all that, I think Blake Wheeler is still going to be looked at among the fan base as a good captain for this team. And I think Andrew Ladd is still revered as sort of the, in that way too. And and I think there's something to that. I mean, you're not the captain of the Canadians or the Maple Leafs or whatever, but you're still a captain in a city that is mad about hockey. And and so I think there's something to that. But I think for Mark, it just, he lost it. And then there's, the, and then there's the other side of it too, where he's just in a, in a tough spot to be named as a captain. Like you, you, you can't basically two years in a row kind of question if you're going to stay here and then head into the <laughs> season as a lame duck mm-hmm. and and expect to get the C, right? So I think I think to answer your original question, like, you know, do you think Mark maybe saw this coming or knew or whatever? I think that part of it for sure he saw coming. Like, you're not going to be named the captain if you don't have a long-term extension in place here, right? And I right. think that's the difference between him and Adam Lowry, right? And, and I think Josh Morrissey still ends up becoming the captain of this team in a couple of years, right? When, when Adam Lowry may or may not, whatever, we'll see what happens with Adam Lowry. He only has what, three years left on his deal. I, I think Morrissey has four after that, or maybe three after that five. Well, no, I'm uh, uh, sorry. After Morris has got until after 27, 28 and, yeah. and Lowry's got after he's only got two, two years, years left. So two years left. okay. So yeah, yeah. So there we go. So, I think there's still... sorry three years left. I was looking at Velarde, not Lowry. Sure. Lowry's I, three, I, Morrissey's four, five. I think. And I, yeah, I think that's Lowry, exactly right. Uh, Morrissey can easily be the, the 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 captain after that if Adam Lowry doesn't continue here. We'll see what happens, right? I mean, I think a large part of the Adam Lowry shift is that Adam Lowry, and I believe it, that he can actually lead, change the culture of this team. Like I, I honestly believe this about Adam Lowry and why I think it's. And I, I was on holidays, so I didn't really get a chance to write about a lot of the Adam Lowry stuff. But I mean, for me, Adam Lowry is the type of player like, you know, we, I would want on my hockey team all the time. I would go through a wall for it. his teammates, right? Scott? Oh, well, that's the thing, right? Like, th- this is the thing. Like, he can step up his game if he needs to, and we've seen that he can he can deal with ruts. Lastly, like, we saw the rut last year was what. What would he end up getting to? 19 games? Eight, uh, I don't Something know how many like games. It was. Yeah. it was a long time, right? Mm-hmm. That he didn't score. But you never, it, it never seemed to affect Adam, right? And then and then when he does score the goal, he's just like, yeah, finally, right? Like, it's about time, right? Like, <laughs> like, like but, but that's the level-headedness of Adam Lowry. And so I think that, you know, this team might hit bumps this season. I, I, I think none of us here can really say with certainty what this season actually looks like for for. For, for the Winnipeg Jets, but I think Adam Lowry, and I think Josh would have been perfect. Like We have to be clear. I think Josh could have done the exact same thing. I think there was times last year, though, that Josh got, I don't know if he got annoyed, but it was just like, Josh entered a different world last year that he had ever been in because mm-hmm. he, the way that he played, right, 
Yeah, his impact. There were so many of us wanting to talk to him just because of everything that he was doing. It was just like, you know, all these records were dropping early on in the season for early, his career highs were being set early on in the season because he never had kind of that season. He was just doing things he had never done before. And 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 we're, I'm in the room after every game, and, and I was on the road quite a bit last year too. And I think just having to speak all the time Josh maybe wasn't just ready for for that. Um, I, I think Adam is maybe ready. so. If there if there's one thing that you would knock, and it's not even really a knock, it's just like there was times last year. I think Josh just got sick of talking about himself, and and that's different though when you're being a captain because you're not necessarily always talking about yourself. You're talking about the team. Why did the team lose? Why are you guys doing so well? Whatever, right? I think there's a lot of things that that play into that. So like again, I, I want to be clear. I don't think there was a wrong choice between those two. Um, I do think, though, because Adam Lowry is now the captain, that he is, if not, he's a perfect choice, in my opinion, because of just how, how I, I don't even know the word, just like how steady he is and how steady he has always been. A stabilizing like, it, force, maybe, on well, a team and and that just, has upheaval. Well, and that's the thing, but I think he can go to the bottom of the roster and talk to that guy and he can go to the top of the roster and talk to that guy. And he knows how to navigate both of those situations. Right. And so when you're like, again, I think there's more to his captaincy than just the C and being, you know, that guy who talks to the refs and whatever. Like, I think there's, I think the thing with Adam is that there's, I think, and I think he knows it too, because I think Adam Lowry is, I would say probably the smartest guy on the team and the most, I should not even just the smart, but the most aware guy on the team of how things are going. Like he's most in tune with, with everything. I had a good conversation with Adam Lowry last year, just about, you know, like, like I, I'm always curious what players think about what we write about them. Right. Like I always (laughs) think it's interesting because, but the one thing that he said is like, he has no problem with us. Ripping is not the right word, but that's the word that I, I believe he used. It's just, he has no issue with that if you're around, right? Because you see it and, and he believes that you have an informed opinion on it. And he might not agree with it, but he will take the time then to talk to you about that, right? And again, I, I just, I think all these things feed into the fact that Adam Lowry has, has has the ability to actually do what this team has needed to do for three or four years now. And that's really kind of move on from where it has been. The, the culture that that has gone a little sour, somewhat, say, toxic at times. I think Adam Lowry has the wingspan and the strength in both of his arms to to pull one side and hold the other side and, and kind of pull them together, right? And I, I think that is, that's something that this team really desperately needs, right? And I think, I think the other thing is that you as, I mean, they didn't have a captain last year. I don't know who Rick Bonus went to in the room to say, hey, can you talk to this guy? I don't want to be the guy. You know, I don't need to be the badass coach to go and 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 be that hard ass or whatever on a guy. You know, right? Like sometimes the players need to to kind of police themselves, right? And I think just Adam Lowry can be the guy that that Rick Bonus can go to and be like, hey, I need you to talk to this guy or whatever, right? But I don't even know half the time if he needs that because I think Adam Lowry is so aware in himself. And yeah. now that he's in that role, it doesn't have to be out of place for Adam. And I don't think it's out of pocket for Adam Lowry to ever do that in the room. I don't know. I don't know if that would ever have been the case in the past, but now like, it's just like, I don't think anybody's, and he's, he's going to be a good guy to bring in the next kind of wave of players too over the next couple of years, the Barlow's, the Lambert's, 
um, the McGrorys, guys like that. I'm missing a few, obviously, but Charles I Lucius. Think, yeah. yeah, 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 exactly. And I think there's a lot of guys there that can look up to Adam Lowry, but can also just talk to Adam Lowry like a human being. Like, and at, this is the other thing too. And I'm not saying that that you know, not every guy. There, there, if you're in a dressing room of 23 guys. Not every guy is the same, right? None of we're four people here. None of us are the same. Some guys are approachable. Some guys aren't approachable. Some guys hey, just don't like. Which of us is unapproachable? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But, I'm just joking. But my point is, like, Adam Lowry is the type of guy that I, you know, if I, I don't even know how to even describe this, but like, if there's a, a question that's, um, if there's if something rough going on in the league or whatever, let's say the 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 Pride Nights last year, like Adam Lowry is the perfect guy to go and talk to about that because he just pays attention to these things, right? Like, there's just so many things. I I'm, I'm, I'm like all over the map here, but I'm, I'm trying to say that Adam Lowry has uh, all the tools, in my opinion, to to lead this team in a different direction than it's been going in, and I think he has. And I think, you know, people are like, well, who is this guy learning from? I'm like, well, his dad. Like, like, yeah. like and, 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 and here's another thing about Adam Lowry. How um, uh, an impossible situation was he put in when Dave Lowry was made the interim coach of this team and how well he handled that? The, the only complaint that I ever heard from Adam Lowry about that is like, I just don't want, like, when, when you're talking to me about my dad, don't call him my dad. He's my head coach right now, right? Like, he is my dad. But even when people still messed up on that, he he would just never like you know like there was just Adam just seems to have a, a very good grasp of and he's thirty or whatever twenty nine thirty now, um, but I still think he has the wisdom of a guy who's played in the league and had retired from the league already right like I just think there's so much about Adam Lowry that makes sense about this and and so that's where where I'm at on it I I think he's I think he's literally the perfect guy to do it and. When we were talking about it in the summer, we, we've talked about it, we've written about it. I think it just made sense. And I think a lot of it made sense because this is what we kind of know, at least from being in the media, seeing Adam every day, seeing the way he competes. I think fans can see it too, though. It's not just because we're in the room. Here's a guy who willingly will fight Adam or Ryan Reeves, right? Mm -hmm. Here's a guy who will uh, take that hit or go in and go after that guy that, that delivered the bad hit or whatever. But he doesn't. Adam Lowry's never really crossed. He doesn't cross the line, right? Like, and there's been times where he's hit a guy the wrong way, but he'll be the first one to say, like, yeah, like maybe I did hit that guy, and I will, uh, I'll accept the the punishment. Like, there, there there are things like the Alex Tuck hit that led to the first Ryan Reeves fight with him was a little iffy, and I think Adam Lowry even said that it was just the way that the two collided, and it it just looked worse than it, it was in the end. But like, I, again, I think there's just there's such an awareness there. And I think that's a, that's a good thing for a team that hasn't really been self-aware over the last couple of years. Right. And I think that's, I think that that's a huge point in all this is that you, you've gone and given the C to a guy that probably has the best grasp of everything outside of maybe Josh Morrissey and, 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 but the ability to kind of, yeah, you know, navigate that and, 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 and see what, it, how that kind of makes sense. So, that's a very long-winded answer, <laughs> but but I think I mean I haven't got, I never wrote about it, so like, I've had 
I've had a lot of this. Like I've, I've been thinking about this quite a bit, and so there it is. You're like, in a safe I've space, vomited. Scotty. You know that. That was right. a vis- that was a visual Winnipeg Sun article for all. Uh, all Pretty much, all... right? Like, I mean, by the way, Drew, been... the show is now over. Yeah, <laughs> and that's it for us, ladies and gentlemen. Have a good night. No, yeah. it was articulate. It was we're sharing circle here. You shared with our audience. You shared with us, Scott Billick of the Winnipeg Sun, giving us thought on, on Adam yeah, Lowry. Always yeah, Scotty, just going back to to Mark. Let Shifey, him drink because, his drink first. Yeah, no, I'm <laughs> no, I'm, I'm yeah, still I talking here. I'm giving Scotty. Scotty had a, a, a you know a little diatribe there. I'm going to let him enjoy his <laughs> uh, Fanta, his yeah. Halloween Fanta. But I mean, obviously, yeah. we're, you know, training camp is coming up quickly next week, and yeah. we're going to be talking about you know who's standing out and everything like that. Um, hopefully, we're going to see you out at Fan Fest because we're going to be broadcasting live from Fan Fest. Oh, I can get Brawl a good Center. picture of me, like. Like, La- do you remember that picture yeah. from a few years ago? Oh, yeah, bomb. that looks that like that picture like lives forever. Salivating Scotty. over Ezzy. Yeah, like, yeah, you look very, you look like you were angry yeah. not to be on no, the show. No, it was the death stare. It was the Scotty Billick death, death stare. Death, man, I, to me, I thought I was, look, I looked hungry. You know, yeah, I was like, no, why? Well, well, you know, those bones. I'm always hungry, Ezzie, Scotty. You know, so, uh, yeah. no, but you know, we, you saw the Elliot Friedman report that came out last week, and I mean, there wasn't really anything there aside from him saying that, you know, that Hellebuck and Shifley are going to revisit the possibility of, of signing sure. an extension. But I mean, this is obviously going to be a, a, a storyline until one of these players signs a contract extension. But mm-hmm. I wanted to kind of get your take on, you know, I know we're re- recording this two days early, but nothing's going to change um, between the time we pre-recorded this and, and Saturday. But hope, uh, where, hope where, nothing changes. Well, no, but where do you stand now? Because I mean, nobody has a crystal ball. Nobody knows. Yep if Shifley and or Hellebuck are going to sign, I guess two-part question, like, you know, do you think there's a chance that both of these guys resign or one of these guys resign? And what do you yeah. think the, the possibility is that, you know, Shifley and or Hellebuck sign a shorter-term deal, like Austin Matthews, mm-hmm. for example? I realize yeah. different players, um, I mean, obviously, different, ages. You know, different yeah. ages, but I mean, I don't know what Dave's showing there. I guess that, that's, that's the picture. picture yeah. That's Scotty yeah. Biller. Yeah. That was to, what, yeah. five years ago, six years ago? Yeah, it was before that horrible uh, station I, that we won't talk about. Yeah. That, uh, I think I still had yeah. hair in that photo or or, yeah, at least, or at least a receding hairline <laughs> at the very least. Yeah, we've lost all of it now, Drew. But <laughs> I mean, to go, just going back, though, what, what do you where, where do you stand right now on that's amazing. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you did have quite a bit more hair. That must have been five years oh, ago, six man, years ago. I was, I looked That's ravenous. Like, yeah, I looked ravenous, ravenous, and you're gonna eat Mendel for lunch. That's what it looks yeah. like. Scotty. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, but yeah, if Dave will allow me, if Dave's done with show and tell, um, and I'll finish this question. But just where do you st- where do you stand right now on the likelihood, Scotty? Yeah, of I, I and Hellebuck's re-signing yeah. with the Jets, and as part of that. Do you see there being a shorter term deal? Like what? And, and as maybe yeah. part of that, talk about, you know, what's, you know, who you think th- th- has a stronger likelihood of re signing with the Jets? Well, Bucks is probably 50% now. How much over? Is it 50.5%? Is it 51? I don't know. But I would, pr- my, my, I think you know, if I was a betting guy, I mean, I'd take the odds of him signing over the odds of him not. And, and I think, I think this summer has proven, not proven, it, it's showed a, a few things about just the league in general. Um, that, you know, this league is not as willing as it maybe used to be to give, you know, Carey Price $10.5 million or, you know, Vasilevsky 9.5, but really like 12 in a, in a tax-free state or whatever that calculation is, right? Like, I think teams are now. I mean, we look at the the Vegas Golden Knights who who won the Stanley Cup. They they did it with 
I, I, I guess a third stringer at that point. I, I don't even know. It would be Logan Thompson, then Brassois, yeah. and then Aiden Hill. So yeah, like basically a third, a second and third stringer won them the cup. And you didn't even throw in Robin Leonard there. Yeah, he was supposed to be. Oh there. yeah, right, exactly, right. So maybe third and fourth stringer. I, what, however you want to kind of look at it, right? It, it, it's 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 a very it proved that you you just need serviceable goaltending and you don't have to pay top dollar for it, right? Um, not ser- serviceable is the wrong answer or the wrong the way to put that. You need good goaltending, but you don't need to pay, you know, 10, 11, 9, whatever, right? I mean, that's bad math or bad counting, but um, you don't have to you don't have to spend that money to, to win a Stanley Cup. And and so it, that was probably a really bad thing for Connor Hellebuck this summer was, you know, if I'm a team like New Jersey, let's say, yeah. or whoever, yeah, maybe maybe before the playoffs you're like, or after they, they, they exited the playoffs, the Devils, you're like, oh, yeah, I, you know, we're going to make a huge move and, and try and really go after Connor Hellebuck and we'll give him what he wants because we need that goaltending and we need that. But then as the round went on and the Stanley Cup played out and all that sort of thing, well, maybe not. And so I think I think now that maybe teams aren't as going to be as willing um, to give that type of money, it's forced Connor Hellbuck and his camp to kind of reconsider, okay, well, can – I mean, wh- where is the earning potential here for Connor Hellbuck? Is it in Winnipeg? Can he, can he eat $9 million out of the Jets to stay for three, four, five years, whatever it might be, right? Because mm-hmm. I think, and, and this is the other problem with both of these guys, is their age, right? Austin Matthews at, uh, what is he, 25, 26, can, can take a three-year deal and still get paid more on his next contract because he's only going to be 28 or 29 or whatever, right? There's still time for him to, to like, his earning potential it can still be maximized, right? It's not the case for for Mark Shifley, and this this is likely this is the last contract. Well, the it's, last big it's, contract. it's the last big contract, right? And so that's a big deal in this, and it can't be overlooked. You can't sit there and, and look at it and say, you know, you know, these guys can still make more money, even if they take a three or four year deal, right? You got to think like in three or four years from Mark Shifley, he's not the same player that he is now, and even. Even the idea that Mark keeps himself in incredible shape and all that, like you know, Mark does a lot of great things um, in the off season during the season. I mean, this guy is very in tune with with kind of keeping himself in 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 tip top shape, right? So, yeah. But Tom I just Brady, think, no, you know, no tomatoes they cause an uh, inflammation right, diet, all that, right. all that does. Right, and but I mean, there is something to that, but that doesn't that doesn't get you paid more when you're 33 or 34, right? Like. No. It extends your career so you can mm-hmm. keep signing those, you know, one year, one million or one year, two, whatever, whatever the, those little contracts are at times. So it can get you some money at the end of your career when teams just want you for your veteran presence and all that stuff. But again, so I, I think for, for Connor Hellebuck, I mean, it might be his whole career in Winnipeg until, you know, he's 34, 35, let's say, maybe he goes and plays to Detroit, maybe whatever, who knows. But like, I, I think. I think that the, the, the idea that, that Connor Hellbuck could resign here because he can make the most money here and have the most opportunity to play here, that is there for him. I, I think if his asking price came down for other teams, but it, that's the other problem, right? Like the you know the, you don't want to be the goalie that's taking less money. It doesn't. It's not good for the rest of the goalies in in the NHL. It's not good. It's not. I mean, you know, 
I, it wouldn't be favorably looked at by the PA, I, I assume. Um, you know, it happens, right? I mean, you guys will Mike Babcock, whatever. by the way. Oh, <laughs> I mean, yeah, we can go on to that after if you want. But, but you know, so I, I think Hellebuck is a little, he's probably You, you more... guys aren't allowed to look at my camera roll. Let me just, let me just put that, put that <laughs> well, out there immediately. What, uh, that is, yeah, I'll get, let me finish this. Uh, the Hellebuck thing, I just think Hellebuck's closer, right? I, I, I think that there's just more, there's more odds that he could do it than 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 mark I, I think i i think to me the captaincy might have kind of sewn that all up right like i i think i i just i think and i if i'm if we're being honest like i i still think this summer is half done in terms of getting rid of relieving this team of maybe some of the things that kind of have held it back right and you got rid of blake and and I think that just needed to happen. I think it's just it, for both sides there. Mm-hmm. I think for both sides, I think Mark moving on is also the thing that needs to happen too. And and I do wonder how much of a distraction that becomes this season going into this year. Because if Mark has maybe checked out of Winnipeg in his head, how difficult does that make the team um, in the room and just on the ice and all those things. Like, I, I think there, there is a legitimate concern about that. And there, there's always a concern about guys that go into the lame ducks, right? There, there's always, because it's just a bit of a distraction. You have the distraction on this team where it's your, your, your perennial business contender and your, your franchise goalie and your franchise center. They're both heading into the year without contracts like that. Mm-hmm. That is without new contracts, uh, extensions, right? So, yeah, that's a that's a tough that's a tough ask for a team to try and keep that out of of everything that they're doing. And, and guys will say, "Oh, it's never a distraction." Or whatever history shows that these things are distractions. They get asked about often. They, you know, the, the trade deadline two months ahead of the trade deadline in late December, we're going to be talking about like after Christmas, we're talking about well, I, these guys aren't signing, or in early January fifteenth, whatever. That's all we're going to be talking about, right? And what happens if the Jets are in second place and 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 now you have to think about the idea of well, do you lose them for absolutely nothing and try and make a run, or or do you you really take a step back and trade them both and really kind of sewer your chances of where you are at the moment and and go from there? So I, I don't know, but I I think you know to answer the actual question here is that, is that I think Hellbuck is more I think he is closer in terms of who would resign than it would, than Mark Shifley is, and I just that's. Uh, it's just kind of my my gut feeling on it, based on kind of how the NHL is right now. I still think there's a, a big market for Mark Shifley next summer, uh, and I think Mark, who took a, a team friendly deal early on in his career, has still has a chance to make more money. I think for Hellebuck, because the way goalies are and that sort of thing, you can still make money. You can play till you're forty. I mean, you know, there's guys who do that, but I just think that. If if Connor Hellbuck wants to maximize the most money that he can possibly make, uh, unless there's some sort of you know something could change, right? Uh, big goalie goes down early in the season, you trade him there. Who knows, right? I mean, Colorado's looking for a goalie as of today because Fabio Fantuzzi is not, or Francouz is not in you know uh, not healthy, and they don't really have a franchise goalie, and they haven't, and it was part of their problem last season. So after winning the cup with with Darcy Kemper, so. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's I just my gut feeling is that Hellbuck would be 
there, there's there's been a rethink there, I think, from Hellebuck's side because of how the market is right now. Um, you know, with the cap going up, but I still think he's in that spot where the cap probably doesn't go up enough next year to get what you want. And if you could wait mm-hmm. two years, then maybe, but you're not going to take a one-year contract as a goalie. Um, you need to find a way to, you know, he signs five years at nine million, make puts another forty-five million dollars in his in his, his wallet, and go from there. I, I think I think there's a path to that. I just I'm not entirely sure there is one with with Mark Shifley. Well, Scott, we're in the past, but this is going to be in the present, or we're in the <laughs> present and future. Right. And I want to talk about the future though, because you wrote about the future, even though you were on holidays, and that's who I want to talk about. All those young stars, we've been watching them. Uh, well, actually, they will have already played against the Edmonton Oilers right. young stars when this <laughs> goes live on Saturday, but they haven't yet, of course. But we've yep. been watching them at the uh, Hockey for All Center the last few days, uh, you know, showing their personalities. And, and, you know, there's hope springs eternal. There's a lot of excitement, of course, for the, Always, for the yeah. youth. And especially with this group, there's a lot of personality. I mean, you've probably seen a lot of the clips that have come out of uh, the yep. Hockey for All Center uh, courtesy of a legal curve, no big deal. But the point is, you've uh, seen what these guys are saying, right? And you see yep. the, the the fun they're having. You know, Chipperkov today I thought was really funny. That you know, first of all, his English is fantastic after being in Toronto all summer. But you know, yeah. his his line about Colby Barlow saying, "Are you really a 2005? You look like you're 25." You know, like yeah. that. That just shows these guys are you know like Colby Barlow yesterday. Something. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like Colby Barlow the yeah. other day talking about how Rutger McGordy's got FOMO because he's not here. And, you know, again, like yeah. I said, you you can just see the way they all talk about each other. You know, Brad Lambert today talking about Tyrell Bauer, Thomas Millich again, all these guys. So you wrote about him. And I think that you're seeing a lot of the 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 excitement that there is for this group. So, you know, maybe talk about that list you came up with Elias Salomonson, by the way. Or Salmonson, sorry, he had a really interesting answer when he was asked about his future. I think by your colleague Paul Friesen as yeah. to where he sees himself, uh, you know, this upcoming year. And my expectation was he was going to say Schlefka, who he actually was playing for before he yeah. came back to Winnipeg. But he said, "I'm going to try and make a, a shot for a spot here as a right shot defenseman." So as he I should, thought that was an but, interesting answer. Yeah. But anyways, you know, maybe yeah. expand no, on. I know what you're saying. Yeah, with. yeah. Um, I mean, the list it was sort of not in like an order. It was more of like. It was just like these are guys. It was ten guys. We were going to watch it at the thing and and whatever. I mean, I, to answer about Salamanson, I mean, I don't know if we're in agreement here, but is he not the top defensive prospect on this team at the moment? Like, and 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 I'll say it. I mean, you could talk about Billy. You could talk about Declan. You could talk about even Samberg being still being a, a you know somewhat of a prospect, given that last year was his rookie season or whatever. I don't know how you want to look at that, but but here's a guy who is in a position right now to really take the reins on one of these right shot defense, like right-handed side mm-hmm. spots on this blue line when mm-hmm. this team loses a couple of those guys next year. And, and so like, I, I think they're, I think if you're looking at like who has the best route or the, I don't even want, I don't want to call it the easiest, but who has the most realistic route to the NHL, uh, to an NHL blue line right now, to me, it is Elias Salamanson, right? Like mm-hmm. it, because it's just the way that he shoots and the side that he plays on, right? And he yeah. doesn't, not even that the, the way that he shoots. It's it's obviously a bonus when you're a right-handed shot guy, you know, all those things. But the fact that he plays the right side and that's where he plays, like that is a, I think that is, that it does, it's not brownie points, but you know what I mean, right? Like yeah. it, it, yeah. There's it, a relatively it, clear it, path for him to, to climb. I, I think so, right? And, and so mm-hmm. 
his job is to take it right and and I, I, I love his ambition. You know, uh, we, we hear all, every guy say that pretty much. Um, some guys are realists. Some guys know. And, and mm-hmm. great, great for him. I just, I don't see the route this year. And the problem yeah. is there's just too big of a log jam, right? The Jets haven't moved anybody off that blue line this summer. Mm-hmm. They still got a bunch of guys that they probably want to get in there and, and can't. Um, who knows what's going to ha- happen with Declan Chisholm, right? Like, I mean, there's just, there's, there's just no I don't know how you you figure it out so but next year it offers a little more uh there'll be there will be more opportunity I assume um so yeah I mean I I think for him it it, Salamanson I just want to see how he plays Uh, I I really want to see him in like these NHL like the training camp exhibition games and I'd like to really actually see him a little bit against some veteran Lions right like see where he actually is because he plays against men in Sweden but mm-hmm. I want to see him here on the more compact ice, like North American ice. Like, how do you play against that? How do you use your size? How do you use your um, your vision? All those things about him, skating, everything, right? Like, that's where you kind of want to see him. Um, but I, I'm interested in Lucius, right? I mean, I think the thing, and he'll, he'll, I think he'll be the first to kind of admit he's kind of had a pretty raw deal over the last several seasons, right? <laughs> Here's a guy who had to learn how to walk and skate again after his ankle problem. And mm-hmm. last year, his shoulder goes out. And, and so he's got to get surgery on that. And, you know, thanks to Dave doing that interview this summer, you found out that he was uh, taking uh, contact again. So, yeah. I mean, those are good things, right? Like, and and so like, I, I, I'm, I'm curious about him because Here's a guy that almost has to prove two things, right? Prove that he's, you know, good enough for the NHL, but really prove that he's healthy, you know? And and so that's something to watch. I'm really interested to watch Brad Lambert. I, I'm I'm a big fan of the way that he plays. I'm a big fan of his skating. Like, Especially I, I really, the fact that he's up the middle now. Yeah, well, and that's the, that's the thing, right? So Seattle... Changes everything Jets, for the Jets. <laughs> well, and so I had a good conversation. Like, So when, uh, when the ice were playing them in the playoffs, and even when... Seattle was here earlier. Actually, I don't know if they came earlier, but I had talked to Lambert. I um, got on a call with him through Seattle, and and he was talking like he likes center, right? Like that's his nat. He feels natural. That's his natural position where he grew up playing and all that stuff. And he was he's been moved around, and I think the Finnish team kind of really got him down a little bit because he just wasn't playing where he would normally play. And so when you ask a first line guy to play fourth line. It's just a different scenario, right? You know, it's the same thing as asking a fourth liner to play on the first line. It's hard. It's hard to make that transit. It's a different game, right? But in Seattle, and, and you know, look back and it, what a great move by the Jets to give Lambert that kind of runway. And I, I questioned it at first. I'm like, well, this guy. I mean, I think he could play in the AHL. And and obviously, Dave follows it way more than I. And you look at his stat line, wasn't the same. I don't know if that was indicative, really, of his play or not. Dave could speak better to that because I just don't get enough time to watch the moves during the hockey season. But but I, but I think the way that they just allowed Seattle to they, – they wanted him to play center, and I think the Jets were okay with, yeah, let's see what we have in this guy at center. He's fast. He's so fast. And the stride that he takes, it, it, he is like – I mean, you, you reserve these words for like your significant others, or whatever, but he has a beautiful skating stride. Like, that's what he has. It's 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 really. In, I I I love watching him skate because mm-hmm. he's just so it's exquisite. Fast, but that's it, the that's the word that yeah, you like to use. Exquisite. It's, 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 yeah, like it, 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 it usually is, in reference to myself though, but that's a separate issue yeah. entirely. But it, but it's good, right? Like I mean, mm-hmm. the, that's something they need. And if he can like. Here's the thing: but we've been looking at this team. Like if you lose Dubois and you look at lose Shifley. 
Like, where's the center depth on this team? Like, Cole <laughs> Adam Lowry, number one center. <laughs> well, right, right. Like, yeah. I mean, you brought Nemestikov back, and I think in part because he could play second line center in a pinch, and he, he might have to. Uh, we'll yeah. see kind of what Velarde does or the shovel or talked in, earlier Perfetti. on in the summer about Perfetti and mm-hmm. seeing if he wants, if he can play there. And so I think there's, there, there are options for them to look at. There's no real clear cut centers right now on this team outside of the like top line centers. I mean, Velarde is probably the guy that you kind of put in that spot to start camp and, and Perfetti on the left wing and then see kind of how that, that works out. Um, but uh, yeah, I think Lambert could be kind of a, a, a maybe a bit of a godsend for this team if he if he can play that it's that role um, because he can bridge a gap too between him and then the next wave. And but the other thing too is like Lucius, right? Uh, Lucius might be one of those guys who's just like a Perfetti, right? Maybe like, I think Lucius has the speed. I think that's the difference between him and Perfetti. But does I mean can he handle playing that position at his size? And I think. I hate using this whole size thing because we know that that size is not, I mean, it, it can be a, a predictive kind of thing on how a guy kind of plays that center position or not. But I, I just, I just want to see, I really, you just want to see Lucius play, right? Like yeah. I think that's part of the problem right now is like this guy was an 18th overall pick and you're just waiting to kind of see him actually play because I think part of his problem right now, not, not like not his personal problem, but just like the perception or the thing is like, the development has been kind of stunted a little bit because he just hasn't been able to play. But when he does play, he scores overtime bronze medal winning goals, right? Like he, he can do those things, right? He he has those abilities, but you just haven't really seen it enough. And and so that's that's a, that's an issue. And so I, I'm interested to see him play. There's a bunch of guys on the list. You guys can read it at the WinnipegSun.com. But but there's there's a lot here because I've just gone way too long again. But like there is there's a lot. I, I mean, I, I'm interested in Tyrell Bell. Will he ever play in the NHL? I don't know, but he's he's my, kind of that my, my prediction type of guy. My prediction, right? like, I don't know. he will, he will. Well, and I think he can be a serviceable third line or third pairing guy. Yeah, who has that size and and the ability that want to hit people like he can do the things that the Jets have probably wanted Logan Stanley to do for for a long time and they just haven't gotten it out of them right yeah and so I think there there is there is room for those guys because I think you you look at it at, at the trade deadline I think one of the biggest um, additions that the Jets might have wanted at that point was uh, Luke Shen right and it was just like you had this kind of big defenseman who could could help their their defense because of his just because of his physicality was something the jets don't really have on their back end i mean they have brendan dillon and they have a little bit of dylan sandberg though he's not i I don't i think dylan sandberg is going to kind of grow into that as he gets more comfortable kind of playing nhl uh you know on an nhl blue line over time and when he's not having to maybe worry about the next guy behind him because i think he's kind of cemented that job now but yeah, so I, you know, I'm, I'm interested in those guys. I'm actually interested now in Connor McLennan that he got that he got picked up by the Jets. There, I think there's mm-hmm. a huge opportunity for Connor. Actually, um, I, you look at Connor McLennan's uh, WHL stats, and don't get me wrong. I mean, uh, what did Eric Ferris score like 60 goals one season in in the <laughs> WHL? And hey, he's no, a Stanley Cup champion, Scotty. He is 100. percent Don't get me wrong, but he wasn't a superstar in the NHL, right? There's right. like Leipzig, Tan. All these guys that have like they were great in Portland that that year. The best player on that Portland line was Oliver Bjorkstrand, right? <laughs> you know, like and and he's the one that's playing in the NHL now mm-hmm. and is a pretty good player. And so, I'm not saying that Connor McLennan scoring 46 goals last year. I think it was 45 something like that. Um, 
is going to make him uh, a top NHL player. But I think there's a, I think the one thing that Connor McLennan has always done, where he's been passed up in drafts and all that, is just kept his nose to the grindstone and and, and gone. All right, and so. I think there is maybe a potential for him to maybe get earn a bit of a two-way NHL contract, right? And um, we'll see. We'll see what happens, right? I mean, this is a kid that that's taken advantage of every opportunity that he's gotten for the most part um, when it's been actually given to him. So let's see what happens. I'm, I'm interested now to watch him. And now he wasn't on my list, obviously, because right. he hadn't he hasn't gotten signed or <laughs> hadn't even, not even signed, right? Like I mean, he hadn't gotten invited to the Benticton tournament, but um, we know what yeah, happened in Philadelphia, by the way, like he was a sixth round pick of the flyers right. a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. I don't like, like, do we know? I, 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 I don't think they qualified him. Right. No, so, they never qualified yeah. him. They didn't qualify. He just becomes a UFA. He signed yeah. an AHL deal in March, I think. Or said it was Chicago, early. right? Yeah. Yeah. And so I think, I think that, and I, again, I, I try, I tried to confirm this and the best of my knowledge is if he signed a two way deal here, the only problem is, I don't think he can go to the Moose. I think he has to go to the Chicago Wolves because the Wolves theoretically could loan him to the Moose, though. Yeah, yes, yes. I believe that's true. But that's like when we saw, like, uh, remember Tanner Caspic, who was a St. Louis Blues draft pick, was loaned, even though he was supposed to go to the Rampage. And I assume assume that there would be something there that that would allow that. Because I I think the Chicago Wolves, I think, or whatever team he signed for, is an independent team this they year. Are. Like they don't have uh, things. Don't have an so I think that would be a little easier to like. Okay, hey, you know, we'll see. I mean, who knows? I don't know how those things work. <laughs> yeah. I mean, hey, I, no problem. Yeah. Go to your go to our biggest rival in the AHL. Not a right. problem. <laughs> well, and again, I, I I think more of the problem is you just don't have the same control. Like, could the Winnipeg Jets tell the Chicago Wolves how to do things? Right. No, that's why Carolina got rid of them. Right, and so and this is part of yeah, and so this and again, you would know more about this than me, but it's just like for the Jets, they want control. This is why they brought the Moose back even here. I mean, it saves money, of course, whatever with all that, but you just have a way better sense of your prospects, and I don't think you want to lose him. Anyways, we're getting ahead of ourselves. Scott, they also wanted me to have less ahead of ourselves on this show. They already they also wanted me to have less free time. (laughs) Sure. Sure, that's okay, yeah. Dave. Your yeah. idle hands. Those trips to St. John's are, were the devil's long. play thing. Yeah, yeah, I know. I kept getting stuck in the airport, so I was like, "Come on, can you bring him back, please?" Anyway, so yeah, I mean, I, 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 I always enjoy this tournament because I think it's just fun, right? But mm-hmm. you know, to go back to just the one thing you said there about kind of the, I, and I said this earlier. I said that during development camp. I think I wrote a column on it, and you know, and I think there's been a huge, not a huge shift, but there's been a oh, seismic. Let's call it seismic. <laughs> That's a, a word that I've heard around here before. But uh, I think there's been a bit of a shift on how this team has not only drafted, those guys to start thinking about, oh, maybe I want to go somewhere else. Well, no, but I, my best bud's here or or whatever. I want to play culture. This I, I, think, I think that started in development camp, and I wrote about this back then. And I'm like, they're really – like, there is a concerted effort here to do something different. And I'm not even sure – I don't know if I'm putting the right, you know, finger on exactly what it is, but you can – you can look at the way that these guys interacted, how much interaction was done in front of us in the media, right? Mm-hmm. Things that you never saw before. The the like the Barlow and, and the McGrady thing that that really took off, like that 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 bromance, whatever you want to call it. Um, the way that, that that uh, yeah, I mean, but that thing, but that was out in the open. Like th- they made sure this Jets team, they made sure that, that everybody saw that, right? Mm-hmm. And we all saw it, and and. And that again, it drums up interest in your future players, of course, all that stuff. But I think 
it's more than that, right? I, I think it's 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 about getting these guys excited as to the McGroarty FOMO comment, all that. I think it's getting these guys excited about just being together, playing together, and all that. And I think that's a different direction that this team is taking um, than it had in previous years, right? And I think they just have a good. They also just have a kind of a good nucleus of prospects right now that that really seem to kind of get along. Like you have guys that like Millich and Lambert and Bauer who have, well, Lambert and, and, and Bauer didn't, I don't believe, play, didn't play together. But Millich and, and Bauer were on the same team. Um, and they all played for Seattle. So that you kind of know, like there's just a, a bit of familiarity there, right? Like, you mm-hmm. know, and so like, it, you, and you even saw it when the airport picture today. I think, I don't know, there was the air, it was, it was Lambert, it was Millich, and I forget who the other guy was in that photo. That Bauer's kind of, Bauer, right, it was Bauer. Of course it yeah. was, right? Because the three Seattle guys. Yeah. And so, but I think there's just, Again, I, I don't really know this because they don't actually talk about this stuff. And they, I, <laughs> I saw that little comment. That <laughs> it will be Yom Kippur by the time I'm done. Oh, I didn't realize. I didn't think you had your private chat open there, Scott. <laughs> I, I can see that. But um, no, but my, my, I get my point is like, I, I just think that this team has learned some lessons, right? I think there's been some mm. lessons that they've learned. And, and, and you have to give this team a bit of credit because they know how difficult it is when you lose players over the years, uh, the, the Trubas, the, you know, the cops, whatever. We can, we can name a bunch of players that have kind of departed from Winnipeg. And I just think anything that you can do to try and change their minds to keep them here is mm-hmm. a good idea, right? This is an investment into your future as a team that struggles to bring, to bring talent in from other kind of sources other than the draft right well, so yeah it, it costs i mean not, you nothing to create a good culture uh, you no know, and of course and again again i think that's more of the thing than anything is that this culture needed to change and i think we saw a lot of that at development camp it, it might have been just a glimmer of it or whatever maybe we were all the wool was pulled over us but anyway i've been to so many of these camps now i there's i you know i've covered them since 2013 or whatever you guys this have been around longer. Had like, a different it just vibe, had a Scotty. different feel about yeah. it. Exactly. And and that's not just it's not just the players. I think the team has learned along the lines that something's got to be different. And I, I think that's a good sign if you're if you're a Jets fan. That that's what you want to see. You want to see some sort of progress in terms or, or an adaptation or whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Whatever, whatever we're, I'm using my hands too much here. So I've <laughs> oh, just hey. it over there. But I, I think you just want to see something as a fan. Uh, if that's the position that you're in with this team, that that you that you know that you can kind of hitch your kind of hope to, right? Uh, that you know because they are going through some tough years. They have gone through some tough years. We have zero idea what this coming year is kind of kind of look like. It's going to be kind of learn as you go type thing. But I think they reinstilled the, through the draft, drafting those guys and whatever. They've reinstilled some hope that there again is this kind of pipeline of talent that is coming, and. I think there's, you know, you need to try and it's like a bridge deal, right? You kind of have to bridge to the next one. And right now the Jets are kind of in that, we call it the mushy middle. But I think, I think if you kind of look at it and these guys pan out the way that, you know, some of them are, I, I mean, who knows what happens, right? You you could be looking again at this, you know, the, the younger days of the Ehlers and the Connor and, and the Shifley and all that, when those guys were drafted and, and, and kind of culminated in that 2017, 18 season. So I think, you can kind of see there's been a bit of a reset on how they kind of approach these things. And, and it's a good thing for, it's a good thing for fans. It's a good thing, I think for the club too. So, and it's a good thing for us in the media, because you got some, 
some good characters uh, that, that they've brought in through the draft, like the Barlows and McGordies and stuff like that, too. The fascinating experiment gets underway next week with training camp. Scott Billick will have it covered in its entirety for the Winnipeg Sun. Scotty, as always, we appreciate your time. We appreciate your insight. Thank you for joining us this evening on this pre-recorded edition. Yeah, of the, the illegal never, chug, that. I, chug that. I want to see the tongue before you go. I want to see if that tongue turns black based on whatever this weird fresco well, style or fanta style drink you're drinking. I think it's, it's getting a little darker. A so, like, there's two things at the end of, like, the ingredients that I can't actually pronounce other than <laughs> sodium. But one's called Allura, Allura Red, and another one's called Brilliant Blue. And I assume those aren't actual um, ingredients in terms of, like, what makes it. It's, it's the color, right? And so I think I think that's what they're trying to do. But I think this thing hasn't really passed the test. It's going to be a little bit weird for when Scott's in a coma on Saturday. People are going to wonder why he's actually able to speak. Why why am I? Yeah. Scott, I think the ingredient that you were trying to read was motor oil. That's what's in the drink. (laughs) Hey, man, whatever keeps me lubricated, right? So this is an after-hours show, right? Anyways. It is. We're done. we got to get out of here because I'm going to say something that I can't go back on. So Thank you, Scotty. We'll do it again real soon. We'll (laughs) see you at training camp. Happy New Year, Scott. Yeah, <laughs> yes, exactly. Happy is do you say happy Rosh uh Rosh Hashanah, Shana Tova. You, yeah. you can go Shana Tova, you can say happy new year, you can say uh okay. you know either way, whatever you want. Whatever you all want right. to say, we'll take your wishes. All right, all right, cool. Do you guys have like a big like is this like a boozy event too? Is this like um, is this like a typical very new few year's? of our events as a people are that boozy? it's a not in synagogue like what my family does for well, example, i assume you guys I'm, don't do it like i wouldn't do it in church no right? but like I mean, you know not... like uh, with the pfeffer family my wife's family we always do like a, a shot you know okay like whiskey okay. or something well, like that and i'm sure mm-hmm. that's you know pretty common because there's always a, does about a, 17 after yeah I, well yeah that's why we're sponsored by seagrams i have the i bring the fireball but uh yeah so that's what our family does empty bottles behind dave there yeah yeah, there it is. Anyways, all right. I appreciate it, guys. It was always Bye, Scotty. Fun. Hopefully, none of this gets cut, and this is all just like straight there. So that's exactly anyways, <laughs> unedited, unedited, nothing unfiltered, not free, uncensored. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. Zero uncensored, chance I'm editing unedited. any of this video, Scott. I'm just it's all it's all being played. It's, it's actually just, not going to yeah, ever air. Just... That's what's going to happen. Oh, okay. Well, right, fair enough. Right. We're just wasting your time. Is basically what it boils down to. Thank <laughs> I, you, Scotty. I, I feel like I'm wasting your time. <laughs> anyways, hopefully the <laughs> next guest is uh, a little more succinct. So there's no more. We're just done. There's no more next guest. Oh, there's no over is basically right. what's going to happen. I'm we're going to gonna go to break. Awesome. We're going to go to break and that'll be it. <laughs> Bye, Scotty. See you guys. Yeah. Bye. We're back on the Illegal Curve Hockey Show. I'm speaking on Thursday. Yeah, that's right. Thursday night. You're watching Thursday night. We're back on the Illegal Curve Hockey Show. I'm speaking on Thursday night. You're watching this on Saturday morning because we're pre-recording the show as we celebrate the Jewish New Year, uh, Rosh Hashanah, as we were talking about in the previous segment with our good friend Scott Billick. We will be back live as per normal on the 23rd of September. That really live next though, Saturday, really live, live in person at Jets Fan Fest. Yes. So if you're heading down to Fan Fest, we will be broadcasting live from Fan Fest. Come find us at, I believe, one of the two rinks is where we're going to be doing it from. We're just trying to figure out the the particulars, but illegal curve live at uh, Winnipeg Jets Fan Fest on Saturday, the 23rd of September. So looking forward to being out in the community with Dave and with Ezzy and with the show and all of our loyal audience. 
Uh, last little bit of Jets news this week, uh, of course, focus heavily, was on uh, Adam Lowry being named captain. The other bit of news was Declan Chisholm. He was the last remaining uh, RFA for the Winnipeg Jets, and he gets a contract. It's a one-year, two-way deal worth $775,000 at the NHL level. I'll remind our audience that even though it is a two-way deal, that doesn't mean he doesn't have to clear waivers. He still has to clear waivers uh, if the Jets elect to send him down to the Manitoba Moose. It just means he'll get paid at a lower salary when he plays, if he plays, for the Manitoba Moose. The Jets are not putting him, him on waivers, as you guys know. Well, I mean, I wouldn't think so, but I wouldn't have thought that they would 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 have done so last year with uh, Johnny Kovacevic. So. Or I shouldn't say that. I mean, I don't know that. I I guess let me rephrase that. I don't think that the Jets want to be in a position where they have to put him on waivers because of what you just said. Not just Johnny Kovacevic, but I think Dave. I mean, Dave should speak about Chisholm more, not just because you know he's talked to him, but he's watched him, and I I think that you just. You don't want to have a situation where you lose a guy that you've developed and who is on the cusp of, of making the NHL. The problem is, you know, you've got Josh Morrissey, Brendan Dillon, and Dylan Sandberg ahead of him. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's going to be tough. Could Logan Stanley be placed on waivers? Mike McIntyre mentioned that last well, weekend, but look to at me, I, it's a no I was a, I'm still surprised that it took this long. Like the Jets have about what two and a half million dollars in cap space. I'm not sure mm-hmm. why it took this long to sign him. Well, well I, no would imagine, I would imagine Sorry, it was also the, I would just say I would probably imagine it was the AHL money that was involved. That was probably the sticking point, whether it was a one-way deal versus a two-way deal, probably also something that was being negotiated. Uh, I'm not surprised that he signed. And yeah, I'm with Ez. I don't, I don't think that you're going to put him on waivers. I think you're going to lose him if you do. I know that the thought is that you could try and finagle him at a time when a lot of teams are making that move, you know, but the reality is there's some team that's going to take a chance on a, on a kid. Look, I know he's a 2018 fifth rounder. He was an AHL All-Star or yeah, last year. He was excellent for this. You would hope uh, once bit, twice shy would apply to the Winnipeg Jets. I would trying to so. sneak a guy through waivers you, at this remember, point. You're the young to, defenseman. You're supposed, to, you're, you're supposed to be a draft, develop, and retain. That's Kevin Cheveldayoff's <laughs> own words draft develop on waivers. Yeah, not draft, develop, and I forget about waivers. Mikey Esimon, boys. Yeah, but I mean, like, but the difference is that, again, Kovacevic is the, is the story because, you know, the Jets – could have had a guy on the right side. They re- decided to retain Capo Bianco, who obviously is a left but can play on the right side. And so, my suspicion, my expectation would be that you would try and pass Capo Bianco through waivers. Not and again, of course, the one thing we have to ca- take into account: there's a long training camp. There could be injuries, which mm-hmm. could open up windows. And look, there's the Villy Hainola question that, unfortunately for him, he's waiver exempt, which you know may most likely result in him being uh, you know uh, a casualty of that circumstance because the team wants to retain Logan Stanley most likely and wants to retain Declan Chisholm and not lose them for nothing there obviously there's always the possibility of of trades that sort of thing but i mean yeah i i'm i if you go based on the way things look and as as he said you've outlined the the six we know who are going to be the six starting defenseman for the Winnipeg Jets, barring any injury with Pionk, DeMello and Schmidt on the right and Morrissey and Sandberg and Dylan on the left. And then who are the two extras? If you're going eight, who are those? Well, they've got to be most likely Stanley and Chisholm mm-hmm. and pass Capo Bianco, try and pass them through waivers. And again, I just think you do that because you just, you can't put all that effort into a player who, again, in my mind, he's 
as good a skater as you've got in the prospect pool from a defense, defensive perspective. He's improved his defensive play. Offensively, he's very good. He's got great vision. And more importantly, you know, one of the things Rick Bonus talked about uh, in that clip, we watched it before, but it was when he was talking to Sarah, was, you know, getting more points. Well, you, here's a guy who thinks offensively and can help you, and he's a bigger guy. And he talked about it. He's got a confidence level. Like, that's the skill set he said to me when we, as he alluded to it, when we talked in the, you know, at the end of the season for the Moose. And I know I've, we're contractually obligated not to do a Manuka Moose Minute because it's the preseason, so we can't do one until the season gets going. But the fact is, the kid has... Also, 20 minutes to 11, and I'm tired. Yeah, yeah. The kid has the confidence <laughs> to, I think, make that jump. And I just don't think you want to take a chance at losing another guy who, look at Kyle, Johnny Kovacevic, 66 games. Again, draft, developed, and lost. And mm -hmm. here's a guy who would have stayed in Winnipeg. He was happy here. He would have set down roots here. And that's, from a Jets perspective, something you're supposed to be doing with these guys. One of the things Scott just alluded to, or spoke about, not alluded to, spoke about uh, during our last conversation. You know, it's going to be a fascinating training camp that the Winnipeg Jets are going to be uh, experiencing. We know the multiple layers. We know the storylines. We've been talking about them for months on end. It gets all underway next week. And, of course, Fan Fest next Saturday at the Hockey for All Center, where we will be live broadcasting the Illegal Curve Hockey Show. We appreciate everyone joining us. Uh, obviously, you're watching this on Saturday. We recorded this on Thursday. Thursday. They could Not be watching typical. on Sunday, Drew. They could be watching on Sunday. They could be listening to the podcast version on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, wherever you're listening to it. It's not our typical modus operandi, but we do appreciate you tuning in to this pre-recorded edition of the Illegal Curve Hockey Show. We must say a big thank you to all of our sponsors. They sponsor the Saturday show. They sponsor the post-game show. They make the website a possibility. Our friends at Rumors Restaurant and Comedy Club, Linden Market Dental Center, Betway, Tough. Boston Pizza, Seagram's, Rolly's Transfer, Grid Park, and more to be announced very shortly. So stay tuned for some exciting things that are in the works on that front. Support all of these fine businesses because of their continued support of illegal curve hockey. It's been a fun Thursday evening with you guys. I must say this isn't our typical routine, but I've enjoyed it. It's been a real hoot, Drew. It has been a real hoot, Ezzy. It's uh, well past my bedtime. I'm not quite at uh, post-game show uh, uh, mode yet where yep. I can stay up those late hours. I need to uh, get tucked into less bed. Less than a month away, though, Drew. I know. I know. Less than a month away. Two late nights in a row for me. I'm going to be an absolute... Uh, I'm going to be very cranky tomorrow uh, as a result of that. But nonetheless... You're it always cranky, Drew. It's a, There's a little bit of truth to that as well, I suppose, <laughs> Ezzy. And nonetheless, it's been an enjoyable last uh, 90 or so minutes. We hope you, our audience, enjoys this program if you haven't already done so smash the like button on the youtube channel subscribe to the youtube channel subscribe to the podcast leave us feedback on youtube leave us feedback on itunes leave us feedback wherever you may be accessing this program from big thanks to scott billick big thanks to you for dave Manu. For Ezra Ginsburg, I'm your host, Drew Mandel. Thanks for joining us. If it's Saturday or Thursday, as the case may be, it's the Illegal Curve Hockey Show. Thanks for listening to this broadcast from Illegal Curve Hockey. For more great Illegal Curve content, subscribe to the Illegal Curve YouTube channel, follow at Illegal Curve on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and visit your online home for hockey in Winnipeg, IllegalCurve.com.